ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome everyone to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by only one of our usual co-hosts tonight. Say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. It's like I walk right into that every time. Sometimes I you think do. I'm going to walk into it, and then other times it, does, it surprises me when you say that. Why? Remember that thing I thought I was forgetting when we went live? Yeah, what was it? It was it was the record button. <laughs> oh, well, we don't need that. Yeah, well, you know, I hit it while we were going live, so it'll be fine. It's all good. <laughs> it's all because Mark's not here. I would blame Mark. Really, that's that's a yeah, yes. Yeah, that's my Mark. All, it's all Mark's fault. All right, so uh, we're, we're I guess we're kind of back to our roots today because uh, this is how we started the show. Except we didn't have a live stream then. We didn't have all these fancy tools and toys then. Um, back in my day. Back in my day, in fact, and we were like even the way we were, we, we recorded back then was convoluted and crazy. But uh, yeah, here we are. Oh yeah. And today. I forgot well, how oh we, yeah, you remember that yeah. that whole like yeah, yeah record yeah. locally. You record thing. you record on your side, I'll record on my side, and then you can send me the multi gigabit file. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was fun. That was a lot of fun when we did it that way. Not really. It really wasn't a lot of fun at all. It kind of sucked. But um but anyway. Sounds um I mean, we kind of do the same thing now with Riverside, except it's a lot more automatic, which is good. Yeah, but so it, anyway. it, it, it it's faster too, because it uploads while we're doing it yeah so yeah. as opposed to well, it's, it's good as opposed to yeah. using up all my hard drive space and then trying to send you the file later yeah right and then i'm up until three in the morning editing because it took a while to send it to me and then i had to edit and then yeah 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 this was all your idea to begin with it has it it really why are we doing this again <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right folks so uh we're here tonight um you guys believe it or not asked for this and jason is flabbergasted as to why uh, but we did, we did my background story once, uh, on the show, just like a couple months ago. And then we did Mark's and you guys seem to enjoy that content. So, uh, now we finally cornered Jason into giving us his story. So tonight is going to be all about, uh, Jason, you know, where, how, why the heck he got into it? Uh, what did he do like before it? Was there ever a career before that? <laughs> like whatever, right? You guys want to know background? Here we go. So. Uh, Jason, I guess the floor is yours. I have a very loose outline, but really you don't have to follow it. This is your story. If you want to just start or, you know, whatever. Uh, sure. Outlines. Um, outlines are useful. I'll probably not follow it at all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, basically I was, I, I, both Mark and I started out with, um, you know, what did we do like before geekery was a career? Um, like, you know, was it a passion before it was before it was your the, the thing that made you money? Uh, well, yeah. So I'll go back. Oh, let's see. Um, so this this story is actually up on Enable Sysadmin, but uh, uh, going going back quite a few years, um, one of the first things I remember about computers is my father brought home a uh, uh, TI ninety nine four A. Um, the, okay. old, the old Texas Instruments Beast, um, which had cartridges, which was pretty awesome. And he, I remember those. Yeah. He brought that home because at the time he was working at a um, a marine. Uh, it was basically a, a tugboat company, 
Um, and he was doing, uh, he was kind of in charge of like logistics, I guess. Um, so he decided that having a, uh, a database with all of the information in it would be a lot simpler than trying to track things on paper. Um, so he was at the time, this was, this was kind of visionary because we're talking early, early eighties. Um, mm-hmm. so he, he brought home the machine and, and, you know, we kind of, I, I kind of looked at it and went, Ooh, what's that? And started poking around at it. Um, and he started programming. So he wrote this humongous program in basic, um, full database system, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I would sit there and, um, I, I did the YouTube thing before YouTube was, uh, uh, popular. Um, I sat there and watched him program for hours and hours and hours. And I learned basic, um, pretty, pretty good at the time. Uh, to the point where I started kind of writing my own stuff. I, I took his code and modified it, you know, made a database for my, my club. Um, and, uh, started learning other things. Um, and then like as a family, we would sit down at night and play, um, I want to say the game was called adventure. Um, which is like a single person mud. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, which is like an MMORPG without graphics. So, so I guess, I guess this was a, a single player MMORPG without graphics. So it's just an RPG. Isn't yeah. What is, is it text is adventure? That what that was? Yeah. yeah and it was all text. Yeah. <laughs> adventure. Isn't that, isn't that the game that was featured so heavily in ready player one? Wasn't it adventure? Uh, possibly. Um, I, I remember, I don't remember a ton of it. I remember, I mean, we spent hours and hours and hours like trying to escape caves and and avoid uh pirates and getting treasure and and all sorts of stuff um so we had a ton of fun with it um and then somewhere in that vicinity you know while we had the the ti and after that we had a commodore um pac-man had come out and you know i wanted to play pac-man we had we had the we had joysticks for the game for the the computer and you know might as well play some video games on it um sure. except pac-man didn't exist for the computer because uh copyright so we uh we um i i looked at it and you know started trying to figure out like well if it doesn't exist for the computer like i i, I can write stuff in basic how do i write this and i started writing a pac-man clone um <laughs> I never, I never got to fit. I got pretty far. I, I, I never finished it, but, uh, I got, you know, I got Pac-Man on the screen. I got a, his mouth opening and closing. I got a, a, a basic maze on the screen. I got him to bounce around the screen and, and, um, stay within the borders. Um, you know, but I mean, it, it took, it took a while, but, uh, I, I got a whole bunch of stuff done and then I got distracted by other things. So, yeah, well, so right around, and this is, I, I sort of explained this in the enable system and, um, post, Right around that same time is when I also remember um, we were headed out. It was like Christmas time. My, my we're getting a gift from my mother, and we ended up in um, New York City at a bookstore. And there's a there was a table there um, with all of the adults kind of like surrounding the table and just staring in awe at the table. And you know I'm the curious one, so I kind of like pushed my way through, and I was like, "What's going on?" Um, you know, kind of got away from my father and sitting on the table was the first Macintosh, you know, mouse keyboard, you know, 
uh, I think I think it actually had like the, the paint program with the hello on the screen and everything, and it was on and it was oh, running, yeah. and the, yeah. the, the the adults were clearly terrified of this thing. Nobody would go near it. Um, so I, I took one look at it and went ooh, and ran in, grabbed the mouse, started you know banging on the keyboard, moving things around, and clicking, and and uh, I, I may have caused a couple of heart attacks. There was lots of gasps. My father just about jumped on top of me. Um, no, no, no. Don't touch it. Yeah, do you have any idea dude, what that caused? Exactly. Um, and I, he tells me that I had the thing like doing all sorts of stuff. I was opening programs and I was painting and, I, you know, all sorts of craziness. Um, and that was, you know, I, I distinctly remember that. Now, if you look at the timelines, I, I can't that, – that didn't happen. That computer didn't come out at the same time that we were in the store for the, the thing that we were buying. So I don't – exactly no you know time gets weird and fuzzy but i, I remember it distinctly. yeah no, right yeah so I, I was a geek all the way back then um you know my grandfather was a an electrical engineer um or an electronics technician or whatever term you want to use um so he had training so he was he was sort of teaching me electronics i like to take things apart put them back together um so i was always tinkering with something i you know I, my my room was full of you know whatever electronic components I could get, putting things together, taking them apart. Um, and I really got interested in, in, you know, programming computers and, and kind of what I wanted to do and what I, what I sort of was headed towards for the longest time was, was video game design, um, you know, writing engines. And so, um, something, something better than Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I took the, you know, the couple of quote unquote open source games, you know, like the, the old, uh, Q basic, uh, gorillas game. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, tore that apart, rebuilt it and did things, did things there. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was written in basic back then, um, for like the, the Commodore. So we could just load it up and kind of go in and start messing with the code and figure out what does what and how to change it. And so I, I was always going in there and changing things. And there was there was no such thing as compiled basic, was there? It was all mm. sort of parsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interpreted language, okay. so I don't think yeah. I don't think there's a compiled. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a way to do it, but as far yeah. as I know, there wasn't. Um, it just it never really occurred to me that the the software I was probably mm-hmm. using when I was early on in my computer, you know, days that was also running in basic. I could have been looking at the source code and. Uh, I don't know. I just never put that together, right? Yeah. So I've written stuff in basic as well, but it just never occurred to me. Like I, I could be looking at the code for these things I was playing. This, this may have gotten me into trouble later on in life. Um, that I knew that these <laughs> things are in basic and you can mess with them. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember what grade it was. Seventh, eighth grade, maybe earlier, sixth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, we had typing class. Uh, I don't, I don't think these exist anymore. But we had a typing class. Uh, and, and I had typing class and the, the teacher was a hard ass. He was, he was, he would come in and everybody had to stand, you know, the, the computers are around the outside of the room. So he could walk around in the middle and look up everybody's shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. but when you came in for class, before you sat down to do anything, you had to show, you had to stand with your hands out so that he could look at your fingernails and your cuticles <laughs> make sure they weren't and, too long and or he whatever. Would critique yeah. your, like, he would critique your, your, your hands, you know, Oh, you're chewing your fingers, you, you, you chew your nails. So you, you know, you get a bad grade today or, or your cuticles aren't taken care of, or your nails are too long. Like, yeah, it was, it was 
crazy insane. Sounds um, more like the dude had a hand fetish than a real typist. Yeah, well, he well, <laughs> he had issues. Um, I was not too fond of him. I could also like out type most of the kids in the class um, because at that point I'd been using computers like since I was born. Yeah, right. You were familiar with the keyboard already. So, so I don't remember. It wasn't like Mavis Beacon or anything. It was some. It was some typing program that they had. Yeah, some kind of typing tutor app. Yeah. I happened to know that it was written in BASIC. So I was like, huh. So I would break out of the out of the program, um, drop in drop into uh, you know, list the basic file, and I went through and I real and I looked at it and you know, there there were portions of the program that that actually, you know, showed the graphics and did the other stuff, and then there were like huge sections of, of the code that were just it was basically just sets of variables, which was what you typed on the screen. And you could change okay. that. Oh. So I changed a lot of that stuff and saved it back to disk. And it was cool because <laughs> <laughs> whatever I put in there, if you typed it correctly, it you got full full points for it. So right. I, I went in and changed all sorts of stuff. I had I, I put nonsense in there, I, I put, you know, comments about the teacher and the school and <laughs> yeah. Um and every time every time we came in we had a different disk. It was all on floppies. We'd had to load it off of a five and a quarter inch and, and run it. Um, and I would I would go in and mess with it and save it, put it back to disk, and then run it, j- jump back into the program so that I can, you know, oh, yeah, I'm typing. You know, meanwhile, I'm totally typing, typing like mad. Um, Can't you hear me typing? Yeah. It, it's it's funny because none of that recorded score. I can't ever remember him. I remember going in, he'd check our fingernails, we'd sit down and we'd type all class. He never, like, he never looked at scores. Oh. He never, I don't know how he graded us, um, to be honest. Uh, but, but that was that, you know, I, I was, I was bored, bored out of my mind. Um, so I, I would, I would screw with stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, I could, I could understand, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's typing. You already are at least kind of proficient in typing, probably more proficient than the rest of the class. Right. So yeah. you're bored. Yeah. A lot of a- times that's exactly what led folks like us into tinkering with stuff was boredom yeah i I was a i was kind of a touch typist i you know two fingers off i'd go like mad and he insisted Uh you know fingers on the home row and you know you got to type the way that he wants you to type and blah 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 um and then you know he would put um he would come around and they they tape papers over the the keyboard so that you couldn't see the your fans on the keys He, he was he was kind of a pain um so so i had fun in there um See what else? Uh, also had um, different school. I think um, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, so one of the the other schools, sort of the school, the school I graduated from, actually, um, we had just around the time that they started giving actual computer classes beyond beyond. So the intro to computer class was always like, "This is a computer," and they spent. Um, I happened to be in this class because they combined my programming class along with these guys. Uh, they spent two weeks teaching the kids how to turn a computer on because yeah, because there's a big monitor and you've got the big you know the big box that's the computer and you had to turn the monitor on first and you had to wait five seconds because that has to warm up and it pulls a lot of current and if you turn the computer on at the same time it'll cause a brownout on the like all this like crazy tech and I'm like maybe but not really. But you, you do you, dude. Yeah, right. 
So right. I listened to that for like two weeks, and then he, then he was teaching them how to like get around in DOS and 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 how to format a disk and then how to load a program. And so this was supposed to for me this was supposed to be a C class. That's supposed to be learning C. Um, but the intro kids and they were probably fine. Um, but the intro kids were such a handful for him that he didn't have time to teach us C. So it was kind of like, mm. here's the compiler, go learn it on your own. Um, right. So I actually had, the, he handed us a boxed version of Borland C that I got to take home and, and mess around with. So I learned C on my own. And of course, I have to put these skills to work to figure out, you know, is the stuff working? And at the time, he happened to be teaching kids how to format disks. So I, I may have written a Trojan. Because you were bored, right? Yes. You weren't being malicious. You were just oh, no, bored. I was, I was absolutely being malicious. The guy, the, the guy, he was a pain. Like, I, you know, we're there and we're like, can you please teach us something? And he's like, I have to go teach them how to format a disk. And I'm like, fine. So, you know, and, and you know, it, it, at the same time, it was, yes, it was malicious to him, but it was also malicious to the kids we were screwing around with. So I, I, wrote a, I wrote a small Trojan that would emulate the format command. Um, yeah. You know. You insert the disk, you, you type all the commands and everything. And I, I put little things in there like, you know, because he, he, he mentioned having being able to format C and being make, making sure that it, the right drive letter was on there and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And um, so I wrote it so that when the kids tried to format something, it would pop up and say, you know, do you want to format the C drive? And then, you know, no. And, you know, it would pop up a message like, never mind, I'm doing it anyway. Um, and, but I never deleted any data. Right. I created, I, I, I did a couple of things. Um, so this is DOS. So I, I renamed the autoexec.bat and config sys files. Um, okay. So now, of course, the computer won't boot. Um, I then uh, hid the entire root directory. I just, you know, d- used a, a, a trib to hide, to yep. make them all hidden. Yep. A trib plus H. Yep. And then I created a file called or A. Or dash H. I don't remember anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Then I created a file called A. Just the letter A. And I filled a. that file. Okay. With the letter A. Until the hard drive was full. And I closed the file. So this was, this was more like the anti-format. Yeah, yeah. This was the, so then uh, I, instead of emptying a disk, you're filling it. Right. So, so then, I, then, I, <laughs> then I closed the file, and I hid that one too. So now, okay. the computer won't boot, and if you use the a boot disk, if, if you use a boot disk, there's nothing on the C drive... But the but hard drive is C, full. Yeah. Unless you know how to look for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then we, uh, we surreptitiously um, stuck that on a couple of computers and, and then w- just watched the fireworks. Um, so we had a number of computers that suddenly didn't work. And he would go around with uh, Norton Ghost. Um, he was Ghost. Yeah. And that's what he okay. would use to f- – because he, he would just ghost the machines. He's like, oh, I'll just ghost the machines and fix them. And for whatever reason, um, Norton Ghost would take one look at the machine and go – Hard drive's not big enough. You give up. Oh, because it was full. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so so we, we knocked a couple of machines offline. Um uh, so yeah, I learned oops. I learned Pascal. Um <laughs> I think it was the year before the C class, I learned Pascal. Um I forget what we built in that. I think I built in MP3 database. No, not MP3, uh C D database. MP3s didn't exist yet. I was gonna yet. say it couldn't couldn't have been um, MP3 yet. Yeah, I built a I built a like a database to like keep track of all my CDs, um, and that was kind of it for for that. I had electron I had they had they, they had electronics class there too, 
Uh, and I did four years of electronics plus, you know, however much time I could sneak out of other classes and go in there. Now, was this sort of like extra classes at a normal high school or did you go to a technical high school? No, this was just extra classes at a normal high school. Wow. You had a better high school than I did. We had, um, I didn't, we had, we had like quote unquote shop style classes that were like, that involved computers. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of them were kind of modular that you could learn a little more about a computer than just how to use a certain piece of software. Like there was a video editing one and there was a audio, like an animation creation one. None of them were really like in-depth, like programming or anything like that. So uh, I'm I'm kind of jealous. I, I had to actually go to a technical high school yeah, in order to get in-depth with any of that stuff. And of course, you know, at the time it was, oh, you can't go to a technical high school. You'll never amount to anything because they don't teach you what you need to know to go out and get a real job. You're just going to be, you know, one of these, these tradesmen. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) We had, um, so we had the, we had the computer class, um, which, Mm -hmm. which, uh, kind of the only reason I did two years in that is because, well, the first year I took Pascal, the second year I took C, and then over the summer the teacher had a heart attack and died. Um, I'm sure that was Ooh. not related to anything that I did in the class. Um, I hope not. Yeah, uh, the guy was he was, he was, he was up there. Um, and he was, he was, you could, he was stressed to the max already. So, uh, you know, nothing that I did could have, could have added to the amount of stress that the guy had already. Um, and they... They did. Somebody else came in, and but there was never any. There were no, no programming classes anymore. So it was kind of like, meh, whatever. Um, yeah, we had um, electronic. We had uh, a four-year electronics class. You know, they they that the uh, I was really good te- friends with the teacher. Um, you know, so it just like kind of he kind of ramped it up every year. Um, do you remember the um, the hero? Do you remember hero? The the uh, oh, what's the name of the company? I forget the name of the company, but the, um, the, the Hero Robot, uh, Hero 2000 specifically, it's like this little, uh, almost like Dalek-sized robot that would kind of run around, has an arm on it. We had one of yeah. those. We had, okay. we had one of those that, he, that I kind of saw in a closet, um, I think my first year, and I just pestered him until I could pull it out and start messing with it. Can I make the robot do something? Yeah. Can I, can I play with the robot mm-hmm. yet? Yeah, so I had, I had the, the first year... The um, I guess there were problems with the arm, like manufacturing issues with the arm, and they had sent it away to get repaired, and it came back, and so they didn't have the arm on it. And then the following year, um, I finally convinced them to let me put the arm on. So then we, we had the thing running up and down the hall, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, there was a, a – I didn't write the code. I, I kind of copied the code from elsewhere, but there, there was code so that the, the robot could sit there and write letters on, on paper and, and all, all sorts of stuff. Um, so we had that. Um, so there's, there was programming, there was electronics. We had, um, a drafting, uh, class we could take. I was the last year, I think I was the last year where they actually put you at a drafting table and let you draft. Um, cause that was the year that AutoCAD kind of became popular, um, in, in education in general. So they started, they started teaching AutoCAD after that. Um, I found the robot. Was it like the size of a photocopier? <clears throat> um, I think a little bit smaller. Made by made by Heathkit. Yes, Heathkit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heathkit was the yep. Heathkit. Heathkit Hero Two Thousand. Yep. Heathkit was the best. 
Heath- it looks so much like 80s or 90s robotics. Yeah, I, I, he- <laughs> it looks like it looks like a Xerox photocopier with an arm on the front. <laughs> Heathkit Heathkit had a catalog that, of course, the electronics teacher had that had yeah. kits for all sorts of stuff, and you'd buy the kit, and it would teach you. You know, you have to solder it and put it together, and uh-huh. there were things that were just blinky lights, and then there were like um, radios, and there were like. Um, uh, gadgets to interfere with TVs, like all sorts of stuff. I, I you know, uh, my, my parents stopped paying for things after a while because I, I had a lot of Heathkit stuff. Um, <laughs> so let's see, we had the, we had drafting, we had uh, a wood shop, we had a metal shop, um, there was an automotive shop. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of had a technical school built into the school and you, you could really, just take whatever really classes you want. I had to, I had to leave our normal school to go yeah. to a specialized school to get that kind of stuff. You you lucked out. I don't know where that school was at, but you you had a lot more options at your disposal than I did. Yeah, it, so that's cool. It was it was fun. So so that you know about that. Um, Jscar wants a link to the hero. Yeah, I was trying to find like an actual like Wikipedia link or something, and then I got distracted. So let me look it up again. Um. So from there, that around that same time is when I when I discovered so sort of towards the end of I guess there it is. I'll tenth I'll put a link grade. in the chat and I'll and I'll add it to the the notes. So anyway, so around then is sort of when the internet started becoming a thing that might happen. You know, so there was like rumblings of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty active on bulletin board systems all over the damn place. Um, oh yeah. Um, my parents were thrilled with the phone bill every day, every month. Thrilled. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I downloaded everything. So I had, I had the, uh, back when it was called Epic Mega Games, I had their full catalog. Um, I think I got, oh, I remember Epic Mega Games. Yeah. They did, um, what was the name of that game? Jazz Jackrabbit. No, you had fighting robots. What was it called? Oh, it was it was like Mortal Kombat, but yeah, it was um oh, it it was a really goofy name it's like too. Blood and Steel or something? No, 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 it wasn't called. Blood and Steel. It was uh um oh, what the hell was the name? I got to look that up too. Yeah, just look up Epic Mega Games. It's on there. I it, it, I forget the name. Um, yeah, they had all sorts of good stuff. I, I used to download all their games and, and play them. Um, I downloaded uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Um, from them, because um, they originally, that was kind of where I went to get the, the id games when they first came out, too. Um, yeah. And I think I got Doom that way, too. Uh, Jackrabbit. Yeah. Jill of the Jungle. Yeah, Jazz Jackrabbit was uh, Cliff Bozinski's first first game before he went on to uh, more, more bigger, better games. Um, and has since kind of retired. Um, so yeah, I, I I got to know some of those guys and chat with them, and and of course you know I wanted to be a, a, a game programmer, so I was I was chatting with them all over the place. And one must fall. One must one fall. Must fall. Twenty ninety seven. Yeah, that That's was what, what it was it's called. Um, and I got into also will be in the show notes. I got into the news groups because the news group there. What was it before that? It was um, uh, U, the UUCP stuff for the Vulcan boards. Um, but I, I got into uh, that and started kind of trolling yeah. the, the news groups and, and reading the graphics forums. You're talking like Fidonet or something? Yeah, kind of. Um, all over the place. And then eventually, you know, when I, when I graduated, my parents had 
kind of split and went off to my father went off to start a, a we see we had started a bulletin board which then turned into an isp which has turned into a web host and it's still kind of sort of around um yeah so i did all that uh and you know kind of tried to keep in touch with the the video game people unfortunately i was born i was born on the wrong coast so it's different yeah. it's different now especially with the ability to like work remotely that was not even that was not even a dream um oh absolutely yeah up. you couldn't you couldn't and uh, i think there was um i think nordic games was kind of the only i think it was nordic they they were kind of the only shop on the east coast um that was doing video games and that i was aware of everybody else was in either texas or california mostly in california so yeah. so not really able to you know, even if I was able to do something, I wasn't really able to do anything. So I kind of, I kind of drifted around a little bit and ended up working at an ISP because um, that was available. Uh, so when when we built the the bulletin board system, um, when we first hooked internet up to it, it was uh, it was kind of it wasn't like now where you just get a you know cable modem or whatever and you hook it up to it and up you go. This was. Yeah, you, you would dial into us, and we would dial yep. out to the internet. Um, yep. And there were, there were, um, it was like Winsock that ran on the bulletin on the bulletin board side, or a version of Winsock that ran on the bulletin was it, board side. Did you did you run Major BBS yeah. or was it some other? No, it was, yeah, it was so Major. it was like World World Sock or something mm-hmm. they called it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you would dial into the BBS. Oh. Yeah. The BBS would then either dial out or if they were lucky enough to have a fiber or cable connection, they mm-hmm. would get you to the Internet through that over a whopping like T1 or 500K. <laughs> yeah, this this would dial out to our local ISP where you would have a shell on a Solera system. And yeah. then you'd have to invoke the proper command. So we had, we had a big uh-huh. script set up to call out and invoke. And then every time, it, you know, every time it broke and fell over, it would, it would restart it. Um, yeah. And... You know, I, I would I kind of poked around on there a little bit, you know, sort of learning and figuring it out. Um, Linux was out by then, so I had you know I had a copy of Slackware, which is I think I've shown before is on my shelf over here. Um, so I was messing around with Linux a little bit, and the uh, the geniuses that ran the ISP sent out email that said, "Hey, uh, anybody found with uh, Satan?" Uh, in their home directory or, or running Satan, the Satan tools uh, will be, you know, permanently banned from the ISP, blah, 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 blah. So I immediately wrote back and said, what's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Can you get me a copy? Yeah, I want to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I sent the email and then probably five minutes later I had a copy. And I was, you know, poking around with that, trying to figure out what that was. Um, you know, not using it on their system, of course, because they could never find never. it. But, the, the, yeah. you know, I started learning about things there about you know like um sh- uh shadow files and and how the password file works and everything else and i started poking around their system because i'm like oh i'm on their system i have access to everything it's unix i can go all over the place uh, now the tool the tool satan i, I want to go back for just a second yep. that was like a systems administrator toolkit that wasn't necessarily no, it was it was the systems software, systems right? administrator tool set for analyzing networks. I think is what it was was right, right. So yeah. like many tools like that, it could be used for yeah. ill or for good. But it was it was meant it was built as a like an actual sysadmins tool. Yeah, and then uh, 
forget who it was. Somebody else wrote a, a, a another version of it and called it Santa. People were <laughs> Why very, not? Because people were very upset about it being called Satan. Um, right, right. So didn't that eventually become like Nmap or something? Uh, like that that evolved into a tool that's still around today, if I remember correctly. It might have. Maybe it wasn't Nmap. It was something else. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, I don't mean to. <laughs> no, that's fine. So so I poked around in their system and found out that um, you know Etsy Shadow didn't exist on their system. All their passwords are right in the Etsy password file, which was world readable. Oops. Well, I'm, I'm old enough now at this point to have a job. So I applied and got an interview and went in there and, you know, did my interview thing. And then, you know, when we're all done with it, I'm like, oh, by the way, you might want to know this. Your password file, your password file is not shadowed. So, you know, all of your <laughs> all of your passwords are they're not in clear text, but the password file is there. So you can you can crack passwords. Right. And the look I got. <laughs> Was, was, you know, oh my God, I'm talking to a criminal. Like, great. Um, I didn't get the job. Uh, however. That's surprising. I think it was the, it was like the same week or the next day or something. They sent out an email to everybody saying that you could no longer change your passwords. I, I don't understand what the, the whole purpose of this was. And I went, that's, that's weird. Okay. Um, did they. Why did they do that? And and they disabled the ability to change your password. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe they turned Shadow on or something, although that's kind of a dumb way to do it. And I went and looked and nope, nope, Shadow, no, no Shadow yet. And it wasn't until a couple weeks later that they actually enabled the Etsy Shadow on it. I was like, I, you know, at that point I had I had the password file. I could do whatever I want with it. Um, sure. So, you know, like a little bit of backward security, but whatever. I ended up working for them a couple years later. Um more tour actually many years later i worked for them um, now was that was that the isp that the isp that i worked for eventually merged or bought no or, or were you hired working for the same is because you and i worked at the same isp mm -hmm. for a while i i didn't know if that if that was no them. Uh, technically i have worked for two isps and two telcos well three isps if you count the one that, that i built um Right. So the ISP that you're talking about that that got bought and and merged and, and we ended up working at the same place that they were different. They ran um, um who was the uh, I can't remember the name of the company. Who who was the uh, the company that was trying to uh, say that they owned Linux? Sco. Sco. Yeah, they ran Sco yeah. Unix. Okay. Um, in in very weird ways. Um. So, so when I got there, so, so I, I worked a couple odd jobs here and there. I worked, you know, I did the McDonald's thing and the Burger King thing. Um, I worked, I built computers for a guy, um, made all sorts of contacts, uh, with his suppliers. And when he eventually fired me, because you know, this is, this is kind of my story. I get fired from everywhere. Um, <laughs> He ended up in Jason works at places he, and gets fired. He ended up in jail. He, he, he ended up in jail later on because he's, he's because he was super, super crooked. Um, but uh, uh, he had like warrants out for his arrest in the tri-state area. Um, so I, I, I had taken all of his contacts for, for building stuff and kind of went and did it myself for a while. So I built computers um, and then I then I went and worked for um, my first ISP after my own, you know, my, my father and I built, 
um, I went and worked for the ISP that eventually got gobbled up by the place you bought. And I didn't buy them. That, sorry, that you're the company you worked the ISP for. The ISP I worked yeah. for bought them. <laughs> Merged or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I worked for them for, for a couple of years. I did tech support. Um, and while I was, let's see, did I go? Yeah, so while I was working there, I ended up, I joined the military and went to basic and AIT and came back and worked for them some more. Um, so I started in tech support, um, moved my way over into the NOC and then up to engineering. Basically became an engineer because the when we got bought, um, they brought in all this weird new equipment that, you know, we had to learn to use because they, they did things, they did things a little differently. It wasn't just, it wasn't just IP routing. They used ATM. Ooh. And, uh, that's those things you get your money out of, right? Yes. Yes. So we had money machines everywhere that were connecting the internet. Um, and ATM sounded interesting to me because it was new and shiny and had blinky lights and there was fiber. And so I got into it and kind of just, you know, shadowed the engineer that was supposed to be in charge of it um, for a couple of days until he kind of looked at me and went, do you want to do this? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he kind of walked away and went, have fun. <laughs> so I ended up being the, the, the head ATM engineer for the company. So I, I, so, uh, we got, I got a question. Yes. Four networks, four systems, ATM, right? Yes. Four, uh, yes. Mar Marconi then four, wasn't no, it? No, no. Four and then Marconi. Oh, it was the other way around. Four, okay. four systems was the original ATM that we used. Uh, they eventually got bought by Marconi. Um, and if you look, I, it's hard to find the pictures now, but the four systems buildings that were in somewhere down by Pittsburgh, the four systems buildings were really, really cool because they were all built to be like, they look like they're falling over. They're, they got weird angles and it, it, it was a really neat place. Um, so we did the ATM stuff. Uh, I rebuilt the, I helped design the, the, what ended up being the, the standard for the, the nodes that we, all the nodes that we deployed. Yeah, I remember that crazy mesh network that yeah. you were responsible for dealing with. Yep. Um, which was like crazy resilient. It was pretty cool. Multiple layers of redundancy. Yeah, there had to be, you had to, I mean, you could lose an entire node, that happens. But um, yeah. in any given node, you had to lose like three or four pieces of equipment for the node to go down. Like completely. Yeah, so while, while Jason was in engineering doing all the cool stuff, I was like basically a level below him where I was doing second level support. So like when, when, um, when an ATM link were to die or whatever, I was the guy that got alerted and had to like call Jason and say, Hey, there's a link down <laughs> or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere here. I've got, I've got training materials from, yeah. from Marconi. Marconi. There you go. This, this stupid box was like, some several several thousand dollars worth of training materials that I ended up having for, for that. So of course you took it home with you when you got fired. It's, they got it for me. It was mine. Um, yeah, right. So the, you know, so I have, I, I still have uh, certificates from getting trained and everything else. So it was, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. Um, so then. I'm putting links for this stuff in the show notes, folks. So yeah. um, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's is being nice and putting a bunch in chat here too, so. So we, uh, 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 we had a disagreement later on, uh, on, on how things should work. Um, and, and we parted ways. I like to say I don't quit companies. Companies quit me. Um, that's a good way to look at it. So they've had too much, they've had too much Jason. 
and they really I, they have to part ways. I get <laughs> I, 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 I've, I'm a little better at it now, but I get incredibly invested in the company I work for, like mm-hmm. crazy invested. And, I've seen it happen, folks. And I've, I've worked with him <laughs> twice now, and it, this is not this is not this is not him blowing smoke up your butt. This is true. It's not. It's <laughs> I, it's it's not. It's it's never malicious. It's it's always you know like I have I have very strong opinions about things, and you know I also I am also like if you can convince me that I'm wrong, like we're good. I'm fine. Like I love having technical arguments. I've I worked with several people that, you know, we could go into a room, we could start, you know, to the point where, you know, sometimes we were shouting, but it was all technical arguments and we go out and have a beer afterwards and just, you know, celebrate that we figured the thing out. Um, and, and it's a ton of fun. Um, so I get very, very invested in a company, but when they start going and doing stupid things, I'm not quiet. I will tell them you're being stupid and point out why they're being stupid. And, and it turns out the a, co- lot a lot of employers don't like that. Employers don't like that. Um, although one company I worked for, that's why I got hired was because I would do that. But, um, so, so I ended up leaving that company and then I worked for go after that. Oh, that's when I worked for the, uh, the telco. So I moved from there to a telco. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did a stint for my my father like, for a little bit. And then I worked for a telco. Two telcos. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. again, I had worked for an oh, ISP. Got bought or changed or something like that. Yeah, I, I worked for the ISP. ISP got bought. So then I went to work for the telco. Telco got bought. So same same thing. And unfortunately, the telco that bought us, um, Frontier. Um, I'll go ahead and trash the shit out of them because they're horrible. <laughs> uh, they're bankrupt and and you know, which is we were, which is sad. I was so when I told my story, I said I worked for a little web host. We were customers of Frontier, if I remember correctly, and they were horrible. Front, yeah, they so were great. Frontier bought the the telco I was working for. The telco I worked for. Let me let me see if I can explain. Since since we're on a technical podcast, I'll just go ahead and explain this. So we we would deploy DSL to customers, and so the the head end piece of equipment that you use to deploy DSL is called a DSLAM. And we had, I mean, there's lots of different flavors of this, but we had basically two different flavors of DSLAM. Um, we had one that was just this massive unit that had, I want to say like 400, I think it was 400 subscribers you could put on it, some, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other unit was these little pizza box guys, which I believe were 24, either 12 or 24 uh, subscribers. I think it was 24. Um, and you would feed them, obviously, with different things. So the little, the little units, we would feed T1s. So a T1 is a, a meg and a half of bandwidth. Yep. We, our DSL that went out to customers, each customer was a three meg DSL line. It started out as one and a half, but you know, eventually they upgraded to three meg. So when we put these out, they actually did statistical analysis on the DSLAMs and said... How much bandwidth do we actually have to put on this to cover, say, 24 users who are all at three, 3 meg of, of bandwidth? Because we could put two T1s in there and have 3 meg, but now you're sharing that over 24 people. How many, you know, what, what, is, the, what is the ratio that you need? And what we had right. figured out was that at <clears throat> three, at the time, this is totally different now because you've got streaming and everything else, but at the time, you put, uh, you put the two T1s in there because you're offering 3 meg. And once you hit 12 subscribers, you add another T1. 
and it was it, it turned out to be like for every 12 subscribers that we had on there, if you added another T1, provided that you didn't have me or Nate on there eating up all the bandwidth. Um, Downloading all of our um, yeah. liberated software. Yes. <laughs> then then the 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 um the time division multiplexing that they basically used to tr- carve it up was sufficient and nobody ever had a re- uh, had a real problem. So when I when I joined the first telco, um, I joined as tech support, uh, and they caught wind of the fact that I was a programmer, sort of. I did a ton of Perl coding for uh, the previous job uh, where Nate was working. I wrote a ton of stuff in Perl, a bunch of stuff in Bash, and, and so I had written a monitoring system. I helped write the ticketing system. And so they found out that I was a Perl programmer, probably mentioned in my interview. And one of the guys had written a PHP interface to talk to the DSLAMs, get information out of it, and display it. Basically, for the, for the, I was second level tech support. This was kind of for the first level guys, so that they could get more information. And, and I mean, the whole idea was to script things in such a way so that they didn't have to tell the tech second level guys, so that we just didn't have to do stuff. Um, <laughs> so, so he sent that over to me. He's like, oh, you're a programmer. I'm not. Here, this is yours. So I learned PHP. <laughs> um, and then I learned ass load of information about DSLAMs. I actually wrote, um, I happened to be taking an online college thing and I wrote my, my, my final paper on DSLAMs and testing and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I learned um, TL, I think the uh, language that the DSLAMs talked was uh, called TL1, which is something that is used in telcos in general for a lot of different stuff. So I, I figured out how to how to kind of make the TL1 sing and get all sorts of information out of it and wrote this huge system so that even more stuff that second level could do, just we could just push it over to first level. So when they had a problem, they could look at it and it, it was, you know, here's your signal to noise ratio, here's your, your signal, you know, like if it's red, click this button. <laughs> right? Like you click the button, right. it'll make some changes. Um so we did all that stuff, and eventually I got pulled over into engineering because I happened to know ATM. They used ATM. I happened to know routing. They used routing. Um, so I got pulled into engineering and started doing things there, and then we got bought by Frontier. So remember when I said we we would look at how much bandwidth customers are using and automatically add things to make sure that there was plenty of bandwidth for the customers? There was enough bandwidth, yeah. Frontier didn't do that. Frontier would sell 6 meg DSL because it's faster than 3. Sure. And an awful lot of customers complaining about their 6 meg DSL and how slow it was and how they could never get 6 meg and all this other stuff. And so we started looking into it. I took the system that I had built for the first company, ported it over to start reading the stuff out of the second company, and we had this humongous database of all the the information um, from everywhere across the U.S. because Frontier was sort of national. And yeah, um, we definitely saw the problem. So we were able to, at this point, I had like a graphical interface on it where it would like show red for things that were like completely overloaded. And uh, we pointed out to them like, you know, you're selling 6 meg DSL here. And they're like, yeah. Like, okay, you're, you're feeding that DSLAM with a single T1. They're like, okay. You can't, get six meg over a single T1, so you're not actually giving them six meg. And the answer we got back was, we guarantee six meg between the customer and the DSLAM. 
And I went, I am in the wrong which place, is, and this is going to be which horrible. Which is pretty much yeah. useless as yeah. far as yep. selling six meg service. <laughs> yep, wow. I guarantee that you can do 10 meg on this piece of wire between your computer and the cable modem on the wall. And right. after that, right. you're at the mercy of, you know, whatever bandwidth we assigned to you. So no 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 it's it's not it's not whatever bandwidth that they've assigned it's it's um it's internet traffic yes it's the traffic yeah, on the internet yeah. it's not yeah yeah they've they've totally engineered it enough yeah. to guarantee you connectivity yeah uh, so but, you know it's it is what it is people people the internet's popular you, you don't understand how popular the <laughs> internet is when when Frontier <laughs> bought our company we had the most advanced networking and switching gear on the telco side in the entire company because so the uh the telco gear was like these nortel switches um D, uh, dms 100s i think is what we had um and they were they were they weren't old but you know they you know we kept them up to date but they weren't the, the brand new craziness and uh Frontier ran most of their equipment, uh, most of their their network on DMS-1s, which were so out of date that Nortel didn't support them anymore. Nortel didn't update the firmware anymore. Oh, and by the way, remember that 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 bill that went through that changed the, um, the daylight savings time when it moved mm -hmm. from wherever it was and, yeah. and shortened? Yeah, so that code wasn't in there either. So the... Poor switch guys had to stay up four times a year to undo the automatic switch and then redo the uh. switch when it was supposed to happen uh, and got creamed every time, screamed at and yelled up, up, down, left and right because when they did it, because it was being done manually, the, I guess the way they did it, they lost the call records, which ended up being a good chunk of money every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they, you know, it was it was maybe maybe save that money and put it into upgrading your switches. No, no. Idea. Frontier was one of those companies that bought a lot of stuff, cut as much spending as humanly possible, put it into um trying to get the most uh share price out of it that they could and and make the most profit they could and and you know, screw everything else. See, and that's and that's that, that's really the problem with the way business works. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, you, I mean, you you just outlined it right there. You were for a company that did a great job of investing in their infrastructure, and because of that, provided great service to their customers. Mm -hmm. They were bought by a company that didn't do any of that, but instead put a bunch of money into probably things like promotion and return on investment, and making really right? stupid so decisions. Share, so shareholders were happy. Um, they had an influx of customers because they had good promotions or whatever, right? So they had more money, but they weren't better service. No, they they bought their customers. And if you if you if you remember, I mean, everybody has a cell phone now. Um, but at the time, right. cell phones were relatively new and expensive, so not everybody had a cell phone. You needed to have a telephone. Who do you go for right. for telephone service? You can choose between. Oh crap! There's only oh, one. Your local person. telco and, yeah. and your local telco. Exactly. <laughs> so because it was a monopoly, they had customers. Period. Right. Then there was no way to, right. these customers couldn't go anywhere. Um. So shortly before I, I actually quit this job, I didn't get fired. Um, Whoa. 
Like, and, and my boss, my boss actually has had contacted me multiple times since I left, uh, trying to get me to come back. Not, not anymore. He's trying to get out of there now too. Um, <laughs> I think he's, I think he's out, but, um, right before I left, there was some rumblings about some new deal they were doing, um, with Verizon. They were going to get all these customers and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't find out the, de- the details of, of what, what really happened until after they bought, Verizon had all of these very, very rural areas. And if you're a telco, rural areas are difficult to deal with because it's a ton of copper you have to lay. Yeah. For very few for customers. For a lot of customers. Yeah. For very few yep. customers. Oh, and by the way, it's your area. You are legally obligated to do this. Um, now, mind you, and, and I'll... I'll, I'll shy away from the politics on, on, on a lot of it, but it's not, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like they don't <laughs> get a good deal doing this. They get a ton of money federally to do yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. they, they complain and, and whine and cry about having to do this and how much it costs, but they're getting paid way more than it actually costs them to do this, to, 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 to have that responsibility. So right. Verizon packed all of this rural stuff up, and created a company called Spinco. Took Spinco, um, put a negative, the number I think was like $3 billion. They put like a negative $3 billion um, entry on their their uh, their financial sheets or whatever. So, yeah. co- so, so when Frontier got this company, the company was already at a $3 billion loss. And then proceeded to sell it to Frontier for some ridiculous amount of stock in frontier and as part of that deal those customers also had the verizon fios tv service um that verizon ran yeah which came with all of the different channels and everything so so (laughs) a year after this happens um frontier is now in charge of all this and they go back to you know all of the contracts and everything with the with the TV providers are up and Frontier goes back and says, okay, you know, we got to renew these contracts and the TV providers go, hmm, fresh meat. Sure. 10 times the price. And Frontier has no, like, there's nothing they can do because they have customers that have multi-year contracts with this stuff. Um, so Verizon ends up raising the price of this by like fourfold for all the customers and there's, there's the, nothing they can do. So all sorts of crazy, crazy, crazy nonsense. Um, so I got out of there before all that and joined you at the college. Um, yeah. So somebody that I had worked with at the ISP prior to that, um, yep. where now worked at the college and had called me, he called me when I first hit the telco, um, and tried to get me to come over. And I was like, well, I just got this new job and I'm, I want to see where it goes. And he called me again when, um, when we first got bought out, and I was like, oh, new company, lots of, lots of cool new stuff. I want to see where this goes. And then finally I called him back like a year, year or two later. And please, I'm like, I'm please like, get me out. I'm like, you know, if that offer's still open, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'll be over this afternoon. <laughs> so, so I went and did the college thing for a while. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun there. Rebuilt the network, did all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, I miss, I miss those days. Yeah. I really do miss those days. We had so much fun at that college. Yeah. Yeah, until things started to change, you know. They, they working, working for great people, doing interesting things, working for people that understood technology. Yeah, right. I mean, it was great. We were we were like a bunch of hackers 
that were handed a budget. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Here's a budget. We need this thing. We should go to the cloud, right? No, no. We can build that. No, we can do that. We can do that on. And on, here's on, why: on if we do it, it's better. And and we did. Yep. I think we did a lot of really, really cool stuff. We did right up we until did. the end when the new guy came in. Well, and, right, right up until all of those smart hacker people either went on to bigger and better things or like unfortunately happened to you got fired because you were too vocal about doing the right thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so again, uh, I find myself. Sorry, unemployed. I didn't want to shortcut the story there. No, 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 no. That's, that's where I was headed. Uh, Surprise. Jason got fired. So I, I, I helped hire, I helped, I helped hire and fought for the, the guy to get hired and the guy yes. ended up firing me. So, you know, yeah, no, yeah, no, no good deed choice. goes unpunished. Um, that was a bad choice on both of our parts. We both stood up for him, and he's he's part of the reason I left there too. Yeah, not that I didn't go to a job that was like a freaking dream job. Yeah, so uh, well, I did too. I ended up um, so I was finishing. I was finishing. I had t I took classes while I was there. Um, I burnt myself out mathematically. I took uh, calc one, then calc two, then calc three. Then I took um, linear algebra, and then I took statistics, and went what. <laughs> <laughs> and then I then I went on and said, uh, okay, and and one of the professors that I interacted with convinced me to take a drama class, a theater class. Um, <laughs> fortunately, did not include me acting because that would have been a disaster. But that would uh, have been bad. Right? That was a ton of fun. So I was there for for class, and I ran into an acquaintance of ours. Yep. Um, and I was talking to he was he was chatting with one of the comp sci professors. And the comp sci professor, he knew me and he knew everything that happened. So he kind of looked at me. He's like, so, you know, did you find a job? You know, any prospects? And I'm like, eh, you know, got some interviews and I've been talking to people, but no, I haven't really found anything. And this guy looks at me and goes, what are you looking for? And I was like, well, I was a network engineer for about 25 years. You know, so I've done all that. Um, you know, things are kind of changing. I've done systems as well for, for that basically the same amount of time because... I don't think you can run a network unless you have systems behind it. And nobody ever, I never had a systems until the college. I never really had a systems department yeah, that would some, do stuff for us. Some network folks <clears throat> don't touch systems and some systems folks don't touch networks. There's, I've run into quite a few people that are, there's a very sharp divide there, but you yeah. and I are different than that. Yeah. The, um, with the, with the first ISP, um, there, when, after we got bought, there was a systems department. Um, but they hated the oh, yeah, engineering there department. A, there was there for, was like a yeah, there was like a blood feud. I, I don't between yeah. the two of you. <laughs> so so I couldn't like we needed stuff, and and I had I you know still don't really understand what the big deal was, but I needed stuff, yeah. and they wouldn't they wouldn't have anything to do with us. So I was like, all right. There so. was a hard divide there. The the systems folks there were like they were very much focused on. And I don't even know where the divide was. It was like anything network needed. No, no, we we can't touch that. And, That's and their problem. Engineering network was we a different have, department. We have an ISP to run. I'm like, well, yeah. doesn't that run the ISP too? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It doesn't yeah, run that was, part of the ISP. It, it's like the customer facing stuff. Yeah, it was, they wanted, it was weird. They had to deal with, but not the infrastructure stuff. It was weird. I don't know why it was like that. Yeah. So so I had, I had always built my own system stuff because like okay fine you don't want to do it I'll do it myself like I don't care I know how to do this so. Right. We had built our we had built our own. So when I when I was talking to this guy, I'm like, you know, I, I, network is by title networking was what I've done for twenty twenty plus years. But um, you know, every every one of those positions, I've done systems as well because I've done programming and and you know, because I need to monitor my systems. So I you know. I
don't know if you can hear me, Jason, but all of a sudden I can't hear you. Oh, okay. That's because oh, I, there you are. I must have bumped my keyboard. Oh, um, for a second I thought it was bandwidth, but okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so I went, you know, I told this guy, you know, systems and networking and uh, he's like, oh, I've got something for you. I'll call you tomorrow. Like, okay. So he, uh, he calls the next day and he talks to me. He's like, so I'm working with a startup and this is what they're doing. I'm like, uh, okay. Um, he's like, I'll, you know, talk to this guy and, and he'll interview you and, and we'll see where we go from there. So I, I called the guy and talked to him and, and he, he kind of quizzed me a little bit and, and was asking about this, that, and the next thing. It was a Bitcoin startup. And I, mm-hmm. I you know, because he had mentioned that it was a Bitcoin startup the day before I, you know, Googled the hell out of it. And I'm like, what's Bitcoin? <laughs> so I, I kind of poked around a little bit um, and got sort of the gist of it. But that didn't matter. The system stuff that they were interested in. So we talked for a little while and he's like, yeah, you'll do. And so they brought me in. So I spent the first week or two kind of going through the systems and, and you know, figuring out where things needed to be. They got introduced to everything. And I started building everything together. And this guy who had been running all their systems looked at me about two weeks in and says, yep, you've got this, and disappeared. He just, he just left. He went and started his own thing. I was like, oh. Just like that. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I kind of became the de facto DevOps guy because DevOps was a word by then. Uh, so I started building the systems and, you know, a week or two later, I was trying to figure out, like, I hadn't seen the guy, he hadn't logged in, so he got his, he got all of his accounts deleted and um, I shut everything down for him because, you know, at that point, he's not doing anything any longer, so he doesn't need accounts and, you know, security, re- for security reasons, we don't want to have that happen, you know, have him in, in the system. So, pulled him out. Um and kind of ran from there. And it was funny because later on, he uh, we were talking, um, and he, he kind of went, "Yeah, I, I, I knew you were definitely the right guy, and that I hired the right person because uh, you know I, I came back one day and tried to log in, and my my accounts were gone." And I was like, "Well, you disappeared." He's like, "Yeah, I know, but that was the right thing to do." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I ran, I ran the entire thing. Uh, we pivoted a couple times and, and did different so things. So it was like a test. Is that what? Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he was weird. <laughs> he's, he, he's a weird guy. Um, so I ran things there. Um, it was data center to start. We were going to be a Bitcoin, um, uh, a Bitcoin exchange to start. That that changed because the whole VC capital system changed and Bitcoin became a bad word. So we weren't doing blockchain anymore. Uh, now we were something else. Ran through that for a while, um, pivoted off of that, ended up moving everything to the cloud, ran it there for a while. Um, we ballooned far too quick, far too, far too, far too big and far too quick. Uh, and then, you know, the company basically blew itself apart. Um, and from there, I went on to uh, another DevOps position um, with a technology company that was firmly rooted in the 90s. Um, so that was that was an interesting but one. But DevOps, you know, it's rooted yeah, in the it 90s. Was, it was, DevOps is the yeah. thing, so you have to do DevOps. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of nineties nineties centric thinking on what they're doing, but they wanted to do things the agile DevOps way and fought against it all day long. Um, agile monoliths? Is that yeah, right? something like that. So <laughs> I moved on from there. Um, um so let's see the the, the the startup blew itself apart, so I didn't actually. I get depends on how you look at it. Technically, I got fired because they let everybody go, but 
technically it blew itself apart, so I didn't get fired. So maybe we're going to call that one a wash. <laughs> yeah, okay, that one's a wash. And then, this, this, score. then the next company, I actually quit. <laughs> um, so to, to be where I am now, um, you know, uh, somebody that I worked with at the startup had reached out and was like, hey, we need you here. Please come here and, and DevOps stuff for us. So, so now I'm with this new company, and they're 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 an old company. So there's a lot of old tech. Um, uh, they're they're surprisingly secure for old tech, uh, and you know there's there's a lot of of you know curmudgeonly old you know like we do things this way because this is the way we've always done them. So right. there's a little bit of you know you kind of run into that everywhere. <clears throat> um, I've already been bought. Um, <laughs> So, so we're merging with another company already. This is like my life story. Uh, yeah, right. And, and the new company is, um, they're very, they're, they're much more modern. They're, they're, they're cloud, you know, they're using cloud, they have, they have data centers, but they're, they're cloud-based, they're, they're doing things in containers, they're DevOps, they're automating things. So it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm actually having a ton of fun there. Um, I, I have far, far, I mean, we need, I need to hire like a dozen people. To, to be able to, to do all the stuff that I need to do. Not that I'm hiring. We not actually have a, any ability to hire, but um, I am a manager of myself. But you need to hire. <laughs> you need to hire, but you can't hire. That's like I, the story of business, I, right? I am a manager in title only. <laughs> um, <laughs> the eventuality is, uh, the way that it was, was sort of sold to me is eventually I'll, I will have a team, but you know I need to get things off the ground and, and get things rolling, which, sure. which is fine. Like I, you know, It's easier to just go and do things. So there's a lot of moving parts and, and I'm getting pulled in different directions. So I'm, I'm a project manager. I'm a DevOps guy. I'm kind of security, probably because I open my mouth and say things. Um, so like I'm all over the place and, and, like, but it's, like it's been fun. Like de facto security because there isn't one already? Oh no, there's, there's, well, see now we're merging. So this is, this is the fun part. So because, because it was the company I was with was bought by another company and now it's merging. Like the whole title thing gets really weird. So I have multiple yeah. CTOs, multiple CISOs. I have four bosses. You know, like there's there's like five <laughs> CEOs. Like like guys. Like Do this, the bosses talk to each other though? Because that's the um, key. My bosses, yeah, yeah. Mostly because that's what I mean. Because I keep them. I you know I'm very if nothing else I am very vocal and and keep them informed of what's going on. So um, unless it's not a bad thing. yeah, unless you know like. Like there's there's certain things that happen on one side of the fence that have absolutely nothing to do with the other side, and I don't bother informing unless I'm pulled away from something. Um, so that I won't drag over to the other side because there's there's no context. Yeah. But you there's know no when I'm doing it, something yeah. that affects both of them, like yeah, they they, they they're all aware. Um, Good. So I, I I I technically report to a single person, but I actually have four people that I I report to in right. general. So. so so how long till we get to pull you into Red Hat? Because that's Red I've Hat only tried twice. I know, you keep, I know. You keep Red not, Hat. Not. Uh, I will. Uh, so I'll be blunt and honest. Um, Red Hat is super interesting, and it would be really cool to work there. And I'm expensive, right? You and and I, don't, I don't. That fits, I don't. Yeah, that fits I don't, your current lifestyle. I don't. I don't mean to say that to be like. Um, you're not fully like, yourself. Yeah, I'm not saying, but like, it's it's a reality, it's, right? You've moved up, right? You're, yeah. you're you now have manager in your title, I'm assuming, which comes with a paycheck. I right? and, well, there's that. It's it's a finance company. So finance companies just yeah. pay a lot of money for yeah. you know. Yeah, so to so to move to a new position you'd have to right. I get it. 
I mean, a salary is so, one of those things, right? I will it's point like, out, it is not out of the question by any means. I have taken a pay cut several times in my career yeah. because, for, for various reasons, um, you know, in, in, in the majority of them, it was where I am is horrible, and yeah. this new place really has something going for it, and I think it's a place I can grow. And I took a pay cut to go there and ended up making okay, more so, later on. So like, so what you're saying is I need to pay attention to when I notice that you're disgruntled again. And yes. Then send yes, you a referral. Yes. Okay. When I'm no longer gruntled, <laughs> that is, yeah, that is the way to do it. Yeah. No, I, 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 hopefully your employer doesn't listen to the, the podcast. Yeah. I, 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 and I mean, Jscar, Jscar is, you know, you know what you're worth. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. And no, I'm not greedy by any stretch. Like, I have not, I have not, so the startup that I worked at was a New York-based financial startup. Um, I made, I made good money there. Um, and by the end of it, I was making really good money. Um, and but then it imploded, right? And, so it's and, <laughs> and, and like, the reason I made really good money by the time it was over and done with was because I had several people there who were looking out for me and pushing me pushing for me to get raises because I was managing multiple people who made a lot more than I did. Right. Because I was there for the experience, the fun, you know, like I was excited about what was going on. You know, yes, I had, I had equity in the company and that was, that was always, I was a millionaire for a short period of time. Um, I had equity (laughs) on paper. Um, (laughs) At equity in the company, and, and hopefully that would turn into something great. But like day to day, I right. was making, I was making a modest salary, like a, a decent salary. But like for New York, I was making nothing, right? Like right. I was making a right. crap salary for New York, and I didn't care. And and it came up a couple times when I was hiring people. You know, I put somebody in to get hired, and I had the the, CT, the uh, CFO like he pulled me aside. He's like, I can't hire this person. I'm like, why not? He's like, are they too expensive? He's like they're going to make more than you. And I was like, so I need that. Right. They live in New York. Yeah, I mean, like if you're, if your needs are being met right, they, and you're having a good time, they live the in New York. Salary's not as important, right? right? They, like they live in a New York apartment, which costs more than my mortgage. So, right. you know, they need to have this much money. I'm fine, dude. Like we're good. Like, yeah, he's like, I can't, yeah. I'm like, just, I need the people. Like you're hurting me more by not hiring a person than, <laughs> than you are by trying to protect me. Just, by not, that's, you, know. you just gotta, you, like, you gotta pitch it as <laughs> you're, you're paying me insanity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it turned out to be like one of those, like, okay, if it's going to make you feel better and be able to hire this guy, then go ahead and give me a raise. But just realize right. I'm not asking right. for a raise, you know? Right. Um, right. Which, which, like, a lot of people think is stupid, right? Like, yes, I'm, I, I was, oh, yeah, I was because a lot definitely of people are driven 100% by salary, yeah. right? And, you know, it, some people never realize in their career that it's not all about the money. It's about your enjoyment, right? And right. being paid for your enjoyment is important. Yeah. But you also don't need, you don't need a ridiculous salary. Mm-hmm. You need your needs met. Is really what it comes down to, right? Yeah, like, no I, one's gonna no one's gonna be upset for getting a lot of money, right? But on the other hand, you shouldn't necessarily stress over that unless your needs are not being met. Right, right. I mean, I am I am I am clearly a privileged person. I have been privileged my whole life by by my own standards. 
um, you know, I'm not eating off of silver spoons or whatever, but like, you know, right. I, I have sort of fallen into the, but you haven't, the, the, you haven't lived, things. you haven't yeah. lived under a bridge at any point in your life either. Right. So, yeah. I've been close. I've been close. Uh, there, so when I when I worked at the ISP, the first ISP I worked at, um, I had moved out on my own. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I would not, I would not say I was poor, right? Like I've met people who are like super poor that are like way better people right. than I am, right. um, and and have done way more and you know been been in way worse situations. But I was living in a bad part of town. Um, we went out to see the fireworks one night, try to figure out where the fireworks are going off and only to find out the next day that those were not fireworks. That was a full on gun battle between, uh, drug lords and police. So all of those pop, pop, pops, that was automatic gunfire. Nice. Um, so, so there were, there were times when I had, I, you know, I was, I had nothing to my name, no money, you know, whatever. I I could always fall back on my parents, but I was out on my own. So I kind of tried not to. Yep. Um, yep. But I, I would never say that I was, you know, even then I was privileged enough to have a way to fall back if I had to. So, so it was one of those, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I liked what I did. And, you know, there have been positions that I have fought for a higher, a higher wage because I, I didn't think I was getting paid what it was worth. And I've learned, I've learned a little bit since then. And, you know, like any job that I take now, I want to make sure that I'm getting my my fair share out of it if you will um so i would not take you know i'll take a pay cut as long as i know something else is coming along the way but i wouldn't i wouldn't you know go to like a pittance for for doing like some of the work that i do because that's that's crazy so i i i don't know it's it's sort of person to person um i've i've been lucky i've been super lucky um my whole life i've i've i have fallen from job to job you know even 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 coming home after getting fired you know I came home from getting fired from that ISP job. My wife looked at me and went, you got fired, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I feel so great now. <laughs> like, I was so happy because I was coming home with like, I had stomach cramps and, you know, I, I was well on my oh, way yeah. to an ulcer. I was, I was stressed I out. That's how I was when I worked for that little whip post. Yeah. And almost how I was when I was <laughs> at the college by the end, right? Like I came home feeling not so happy. That I know the feeling. That one is as good as I felt afterwards. And 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 again, the reasoning was like the stress level and the crap that I was dealing with at work was just insane. But that one probably scared me the most um, because at that point, yeah. I had a newborn, um, I had a wife and kid, and I had a house that I was paying for. You know, so it was like one of those like I feel really good, but shit, what do I do now? <laughs> I need to do something. Yeah, um, right. And it took like my my wife is amazing, absolutely amazing. It took my wife to look at me and say, "You go sign up for unemployment, dumbass." And I was like, "But but only losers go on unemployment." Like like it, it, it's it's this well, weird Well, no, so there's a reason there's a reason that exists. I, I right? understand that. Like the real it's, reason that exists is for people who lost their jobs right. so, by no fault of their own, So right? she she yes. sort of had to explain this to me. Like, you know, explain like I'm five. Like a child. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I was like, I'm like, I can't go on unemployment. That would be admitting defeat. I would be a loser. Like, like only idiots do that. Like, that's that's for people. That's for, you know, it was one of those like elitist view type things. Yep. Because honestly, yep. uh, to me, unemployment was like for somebody who 
who just wasn't worth getting a job. Like you, you're just such a loser, you can't get a job. Well, I mean, that's that's unfortunately the way society looks at it. Exactly, exactly. And there are absolutely people that milk it that way, right? Yep. And I, I can understand why you'd have that viewpoint, right? Yeah. But um, but. But yeah, that, those programs are designed exactly for the situation you were in. Yeah, so right? so she sort of explained like she's like you know you, you pay into that. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you pay into unemployment with every paycheck. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So we pulled out a paycheck and we looked at it. And I'm like, oh, I pay into that. <laughs> I was completely <laughs> like, unaware. So so if I go on unemployment, I'm just getting back the money that I've just already paid into it. And she's like, money yeah, I've given I'm like, to the government. Oh, this I is feel, great. I'm going to go on unemployment more often. <laughs> I feel so much better now. Yeah. Um, so, so that, you know, that sort of helped me through that and, you know, I was yeah. able to find something shortly after. So, so, that's good. you know, and that's I, good. I'm, you know, I, I made sure like, and that's, that's one of the things like when I looked at my kids, I'm like, you know, you're working, you're paying unemployment. So if you lose your job, go, go yeah, on right, unemployment. Right. So, so when, that's, um, that's one of those life lessons, right? When, right. When COVID hit two of my kids, you know, my, my youngest basically, he, he was kind of like, he, he, his, he, the job he had, yes, technically paid unemployment, but he was not eligible for unemployment. Uh, but my other two guys, you know, they both had full-time jobs and they had been working and they, they lost their jobs because of COVID. Um, uh, yeah. Not, they, they were able to go back to the jobs. They, you know, it wasn't like they got booted out, but the, because of the downturn and they... they Just in those industries yeah. that were hit hard by COVID. Yeah. yeah, so they were able to take advantage of it. And, you know, I talked to them both. I'm like, look, like, just, you know, so that you don't go through the same thing I went through. Like, you paid into this. Like, this is this is your money that you paid into right. this. Right. I mean, and, the, and the, the, the real key there is that when you're able to work again, you go back to work. Yeah, exactly. At that point, you have used the system for what it was designed for, and you're not abusing it. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's yeah. the key. Yeah. Right? And the, the, the fun part about my first unemployment experience is that it did not work like that. <clears throat> um, it was not sign up for it and get it. I had to fight. I actually had to go to court. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Um, but I, I, uh, so that's, that's because, well, I mean, sure you're aware of this, but basically the, the employer that you left can basically argue and say, no, they don't deserve unemployment. Yeah. They, they argued that they fired me for cause. Um, and I said, okay, I, I I disagree. I think think that that employer actually pays part of your, part of your unemployment and that's why they're motivated to go back and fight against it. Yeah, and then it went to, I mean, it wasn't technically court, it's arbitration, but uh, then it went to arbitration, and I had to, you know, I, I went and <laughs> I went and learned about arbitration and actually hired myself a lawyer. Um, best, That's the key, Best right? hundred bucks I've ever spent. Um, Is that all it cost you? The, yeah, dude, cost me a hundred bucks. That's a- yeah, that's a bargain. It right? was hundred bucks, hundred well, bucks, and you get unemployment for six he, months or something. He, yeah, he agreed to the he he was like hundred bucks. I'll represent you, not a big deal. Because he went into it thinking like, oh, this is just a normal normal unemployment case. Yeah. Um, but this and he is realized your, this your, is your, me. Your, we're your talking about employer. So and he realized what, your previous employer were a bunch of assholes yeah. that didn't want you to so, get unemployment. So one of the things that you <laughs> do for arbitration is you get to submit evidence. So let this be a lesson to everybody: when you fire somebody. Cut off their access. <laughs> because my email access stayed in place for several days. So I downloaded all of my email and correspondence. Yeah. I had everything. I submitted in excess of 200 pages of evidence. 
So the and point, your lawyer's like, this is not worth the The lawyer didn't know until I got there. <laughs> yeah. The lawyer had no idea until we showed up for arbitration. Uh, and he was given the paperwork and everything. And the the um, the arbitrator actually looked at us and said, um, we have to... So, so the way it works is you the, a piece of evidence comes out, it's presented, and then both sides give whatever objections they have to it, and then you decide whether it's going to go into evidence or not. He's like, we will be here for like six or eight hours just to go through this evidence. Can we right. please just, if you have something that you want to check into evidence, we will do it when you check it into evidence. And I was like, okay, sure. So my sure, my arbitration, so this guy came in and, and you know, there was this whole big thing about this is, this is a 15 minute thing. It's not a big deal. Four hours later, <laughs> four hours later, we finally left. And, uh, and I, I kicked myself because I, 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 I realized after we left that the – because they, they brought in uh, – I had me and my $100 lawyer. They brought in the um, director of engineering, the VP of human resources, the uh, – and the um, – uh, the council, and the company, the, the, the company, company had the a company lawyer. lawyer. Staff, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. it might have been a fourth person, but I don't remember. So, so they, you know, they brought all the heavy hitters, and uh, yeah. they presented a bunch of stuff, and and I presented a bunch of stuff, and you know, after I left, I was kicking myself. Like we were out, I was out talking to the lawyer, and it, it just dawned on me, and I looked at him, I said, "Oh shit!" He's like, "What do you mean? What what what's wrong?" I went, I went that last piece of paper that they brought out, that was that was fabricated. He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like. That piece of paper was signed by the the general manager. He's like, yeah. I'm like, he wasn't the general manager at that time that it was right. signed. Because they were changing roles and stuff. He's and, like, yeah. he's like, well, it's too late now, but don't worry about it. I think we got a case. So I ended up, I ended up yeah. winning. I ended up winning the arbitration, um, which which I, I put a lot of effort into. Yeah. Um, right. So I don't want to I don't want to cut you off with your story, but. Yes. I have been at this for an almost hour. an hour and a half. Yep. So, um, so I do have one last like thing that that listeners that have been listening since the beginning, since we made such a big deal about your Twitter handle in the beginning, if you yeah. remember about how it's spelled and whatever. Where did it come from? I've had that like, Twitter what, handle. What I, made you come up with that name? <laughs> I I kind of came up with it. I don't know, it was a BBS days. Um we were hanging with a bunch of different people and I, I needed something kind of just different than, than other people. Um, and I was into fighting games and, and aliens and all sorts of stuff. And I just kind of merged things okay. together. So Xenophage is a, I mean, it's aliens, this is the Xeno part and, and phage yeah. is like kind of fighting. Yeah. I did not know the biology context of it back then, but, uh, um, no, it was just alien fighting. So, you know, kind of like a, oh, okay. I threw it together and I've had it ever since. Cool. Cool. I've, I, I never knew you, what your handle was until Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> right? I had, I never really asked why you, you know, where I, that, where that, came I had, from. I had a previous handle, um, back when I started things. Um, cause when I was younger, I was a big, <laughs> you, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I was, I was a huge, uh, 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 religious nerd, big Bible thumper, you know, uh -huh. I've grown out of that. I know you've changed. Yes. But <laughs> um, so my, my, my handle back then was related to that. And I've, I've since given that up very heavily. Um, and, I, you know, I moved to this and I, this is where I've been for 
30 years? Probably been yeah. 30, 30, probably over 30 years now. So, all right. Well, hey, whatever. I was just curious. All right. So, um, did you have any final words before I sort of close up this section? Does it sound like you were about to say something? Before no, I, 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 I mean, the, the initial <laughs> question was that, that launched all this off was, was, you know, were you always a nerd and, and, or did you grow into this? And it's, I, I've been a nerd forever. Yeah. I, I was picked on relentlessly because I was a nerd for forever. Um, weren't we all? And, and now I, now, now I own maybe those. nerds nowadays aren't, I don't know. Now I, I own those people. Like. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I have control over them. That's why <laughs> I, I've 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 always had this this concept that the reason that nerds become sysadmins is because now they have power. Yeah, Ge- geeks. What is it? Uh, geeks. <laughs> geeks will inherit the earth. Yeah. Right? Um. Was that uh? Was that Doctor O or was that Stevenson? I forget who wrote it. Uh, Doctor O wrote that short series called "When Sysadmins Ruled the Earth." Yes. Yes. About yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the world yep. and the only people that survived were people yes. that were in data centers. Yep. Yeah. I, I have. That's me. <laughs> great, great little short series. If anybody is interested, we'll we'll have to find the link for it and throw it into the notes. When Sysadmins Ruled the Earth by Cory Doctorow. Good stuff. Everything Cory Doctorow by him does is a, good. a bunch of cool stuff, right? Yeah, I'm a. Uh, yeah, I've got five percent of uh, attack servers left to read. Okay, I don't think I've which, read that. Which, one. if you if you're not is aware, that, that is that, that is book three of the Little Brother series. Oh, okay. And I, it is. I did the audiobooks for the first and second uh, books, which were so the, very good. The third book is all from Masha's view, and oh. and it's very different from the first two because this book is because because Masha has always been an enemy in the well, basically an enemy yeah. in the first two books. Yeah. So yep. so in the third book, it's all from her side of the the fence, and there's a whole arc that's going on with her and throughout the entire arc is all the flashback flashbacks of what happened during the first two books and it's really interesting interesting Sorry, I'm trying to read what's in chat right now, and it's all about dyslexic, so it's hard to read. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm so, confused. I don't know, I don't know where <laughs> so that came from. We, yeah, I don't know either. So uh, we're going to end this part of the show, folks. Uh, so if you remember from last show, we're starting to cut the show into two segments. Uh, so this is the end of segment one. If you want to hear about strange radio noise from space and, uh, let's see, the, the, the German government spying on people, and let's that see what else we got happen. coming up in the news. Um, um, CentOS or Rocky Linux becoming their uh, a, a company essentially to, to to sell support. Those are all things we're going to talk about in the news in the next part of the show. Um, so please, if you if you didn't think you were going to listen to the second half of the show, take the time. It should be fun. Um, if you don't listen to the second half of the show and you want to watch us live sometime, you can check us out on Twitch and on YouTube. Just look for the Iron System in Podcast. If you want to hear the full outro, you'll just have to listen to the second half of the show. I'm not going to bore you with it twice. So we will be back in a few minutes if you're here for the live stream. And uh, as soon as I find the, the waiting page here. Uh, that uh, little, here little to the left. Yeah, yeah, no, it's right here. All right, so we'll be back in a few, and I uh, hope you stick with us. <laughs>